0: eye-opening for me. Hopefully, it's been eye-opening for you. It, it really is just simply a study in the life of Christ, who Christ is and what he's called us to do in becoming like him, being made, thank you, Ben, being made in his image and then being called to be Christ-like. And, you know, I think so many people get twisted up in this Christ-likeness thing because they think that if they're just good enough or do enough good things, they can become like Jesus, and that's not how it works. How it works is we give up, and we say we can't do it, and only God can do it through his Holy Spirit, and his Holy Spirit then comes in and takes residence because in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. But that message doesn't jive with our society because it's about being strong in our society. It's about doing great things and being powerful and a mighty man in our, in our patriarchal society. It's about being madly men. God says that the fruit or the result of walking in the Spirit in galatians it says that it's love this is the result of walking in the spirit love joy when was the last time you had real joy peace patience help me jesus with the patience kindness goodness Gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. Against these things, there is no law. When was the last time you experienced those things? Because that is the marker of someone who is walking with Jesus, walking in the Spirit. We're on our way to church this morning and we were at a four-way stop and, and I got elevated on the way to church because the guy got there like, th- I want to say 30 minutes before I got there. Can anybody, anybody relate? Like he, he not only was at the stop sign before me, but he actually got out of his car and was like barbecuing at the stop sign. Dude, you got here first, and this sweet, gentle voice said to me. I like to call her Junior Holy Spirit. I just want the day that you're not going to get frustrated at a four-way stop. And I said, "Well, I need Jesus, honey. I just need Jesus. It's, it's not me. It's just it's patience. It's a daily battle." But battle's even the wrong word because it's a daily giving up. It's a daily surrender. It's a daily letting go. Everybody sing this with me. Let it go, let it go. I mean, come on. It's every single day. But we forget that. We started this whole thing by defining the priority of Jesus in that he is serving the broken, the hurting, and the sick. What did Jesus say? I did not come to be served, but to serve. I did not come for the well. I came for the sick. And so we started the whole thing with understanding Jesus' biggest priority was serving, was loving and serving people. And so the last opportunity that he had to speak to his disciples, he used that moment to wash their feet. If, if, if I were getting ready to go on a journey that would take me far from here and, and I wasn't going to be um, around here anymore as a senior pastor, I would get together the people that are closest with me. And I would, I would try to have a moment where we just like reiterate the most important things, man, the main thing, the main thing. Don't forget the main thing. The main thing is the main thing. But what did Jesus do? He washed people's feet because that was his number one priority. He wanted them to know that serving was more important than anything. So I had this epiphany. Yes. That serving others is the way we show the love of God. How many have been in a situation where you've heard somebody say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Come on, anybody? Jesus loves you. Maybe you're out and about. Maybe maybe you... Maybe you were getting an abortion and people were screaming at you, Jesus loves you! Maybe you were at an event and there were protesters and picketers and they said, Jesus loves you! Maybe they were just weird. Come on, can I get an amen? Maybe they were just weird. And you're walking through the mall Jesus loves you, and you're like, "Mm, get away from you. (laughs) Serving people is the way we show God's love. We've gotten so busy in this world pointing out people's wrongs that we have forgotten to show them that they are loved. How many of you have been in a relationship where there's abuse, or there's verbal abuse, there's yelling, there's screaming, there's disrespect? It's an unhealthy situation, yet the way the argument has ended is, but I love you. but i love you you're making me do that actions speak louder than words i'm not looking for a sorry i'm looking for a behavioral modification those are words that have been spoken to me before. You can take your sorry someplace else because you don't mean it. I'm looking for you to make a change in your behavior. We get so busy pointing out other people's wrongs, we forget to show them that they are loved. So here is what I believe the culmination, the finishing point, the final piece to the puzzle for this series, The Servant Leader. We've learned so many different things. Servant leaders value others. Servant leaders serve. Servant leaders do all these wonderful things, but here's the reality of it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, if you have your Bibles, it says, Therefore, we we are ambassadors for Christ God making his appeal through us so see he chose you to be the vessel to which the world would be aware of his love he chose you to be the way that he would bring his love to the world. But we're too busy caught up in our own stuff. We're too busy caught up in our own issues and problems and situations to remember that God wants to use us to be ambassadors to the world. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is a minister of the highest rank employed by the prince or state at the court of another to manage the public concerns of his own prince or state and representing the power and dignity of his sovereignty. An ambassador is someone who's been appointed by the one in charge. To go into another land and to represent, literally represent, that person. And so it's very, very important for an ambassador of state, an ambassador of the United States, to understand what the protocols are and what is expected of them. Because if an ambassador goes to a foreign land and messes up or says something wrong or does something Outside of the protocol, it's just as if the state has done it. Camp out there for a second. Because when you get angry and frustrated... It's just as if God is getting angry and frustrated at those people because they know you to be a representative of God. For years, I did not, remember remember the the thing in the 90s, you put the little ichthus or the little fish on the back of your, your car? It was a representative of Jesus. You put the little fish on the back of your car or the dove, the descending Dove. Like, I didn't put those things on my car because I'm a madman in my car. <laughs> I don't want someone to judge Jesus based upon my driving. Hey, that Jesus guy just cut me off. Hey, if it's not on the back of the car, I'd, hey. But we're called to be Christ-like. And people know that we represent God. So this whole servant leader thing has been for this moment for us to understand that Christian center church, the people at Christian center church get that we are representatives of Jesus in Boulder City, in Las Vegas, in Henderson, in Los Angeles, to the ends of the earth. We are representatives of Jesus Christ. So when we are at pit stop and we don't get onions when we've asked for onions three times and we lose our minds over a stupid plant that grows in the ground. It tastes delicious, by the way. I'm an onion fan. I'm not bad-mouthing onions. Well, we lose our mind because we didn't get onions. you are representing God. Picture God doing this. You forgot the dang onions on my hamburger. Anybody? Picture God doing that? St. Patrick's Day, we went to the brew pub. It was very, very busy. Very busy. And just like any night like that it's everything's going crazy and and the service was not great but we were representing God and so on our at our table we're like maybe they forgot about us but then not losing our minds cuz it only takes one person to say that's why I don't go to church. That's why I gave up organized religion or whatever the new thing is to say. Because they're a bunch of hypocrites. Servant leaders serve. Servant leaders look for an opportunity to be ambassadors all around them. Here's the deal. The closeness to Jesus that you have will determine your level of service and desire to serve. It's amazing that even at church, you're used to having a specific seat and you'll walk into the church service, and there'll be something or someone new sitting in a seat that you normally sit in, and your first reaction is not to say, good, there's someone new here. It's, why are they sitting in my seat? Or maybe there's a particular place that you like to park. Oh, there's a car I don't recognize. Why are they in my spot? So you ask yourself, why do I feel that way? Why do I get that way? Why do, why do I have that? Because I'll be the first one to tell you that throughout the week, my closeness with Jesus varies. There are moments when I'm walking away from him and not even realizing I'm walking away from him, and here's the indicator that I'm walking away from him. I get a little more hurried, right? I get a little more anxious, I start focusing on what I have going on, what I need to do, and I focus less on those around me. And what happens is, like Miley Cyrus would say, I come in like a wrecking ball. How many can relate? I'm going to tell you a transparent story that it's on Facebook Live, so I guess I can't run from it, but I was an impatient father. I'm sorry, Kayla. I've only shared this story with one other person, but now I'm going to share it with you and the world. After we had resigned our church in Texas because we were making two steps forward and three steps back, we had six families, and then one family decided to split our church. Praise the Lord. So we went from six families to three families in one week. How many know that a church split when you have six families is devastating? <laughs> So we realized it just wasn't the right time, you know. And, and, and I've said this so many times, but to me, I've, I've made it an excuse. Chuck Swindoll planted and had 1,000 people around the corner over here, and Blaine Bartell uh, planted and had 500 people over here, and Keith Kraft planted and had, you know, first Sunday. And, and we're just trying to make a go of it in our, in our, in our living room. So anxiety was high for me. I didn't want to be a failure. How how many of you can just say that you've been in that place where it's just like you realize something's coming and you like I just don't want to be a failure. I just want to blow it. Like that's the biggest fear that I have is I'm going to blow it and other people are going to see me blow it. And other people are going to see that I didn't do what I said I set out to do and what I said God had set us out to do. So not only now is the pressure on me to not be a failure, but now I've put all this undue pressure on God. And if it doesn't work out, then it's God's fault or, or God somehow took his hand from me or whatever may be. I was not a very emotionally healthy person at the time. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to plant a church, and then I realize it's not going to happen. So Brenda and I went to our supervisor, and we resigned the church. And then out of the same breath of okay, he said, well, I have a church split that just occurred in Texarkana. Would you like to go there? Are you kidding me? I want to be as far away from church as possible. I'm stressed. I'm a mess. So I got into sales. Shocker. I began to lose myself in the sale because I got that first $10,000 commission check. (laughs) you kidding me? What? That's possible? I would like to have a few more of those. (laughs) So relationships became a means to an end. People became stepping stones. My life was wrapped up in the cash, the power, the prestige, the travel, the clothing, all the different things. And I remember one morning, I was late, had a meeting, big meeting, needed to get to. And at that point, I had we had broken it up to where i think i had dropped i think i dropped off kayla first and then i would come home and maybe get some stuff situated and if kc needed a ride to high school i'd take him high school i don't remember exactly the situation but i remember taking her to school pulling up in our driveway opening the garage Uh, garage goes down. I come in through the back door and the TV is on. Breakfast dishes are on the table. You know, all things that I knew that needed to be fixed because I didn't want mama to come home after her work because she got up early, early, early in the morning and she's sacrificing for our family. So I'm seeing all these things in the home that are like, why is this like this? And, And just, it's bubbling, right? It's bubbling up within me. And I know that there's just this huge break happening. Nothing is done. I thought my my son had left it all and just walked out the house, just whatever, I don't care, I'm going to go to school, I don't care. And I said, son of a blank, in the loudest voice that I could muster up, these Blank kids! How could they do this? And my son, from the bathroom, said, What? What? You're home? Yeah. Are you okay, Dad? And I broke. I had allowed the world to root up within me weeds. And a half-eaten bowl of lucky charms became the most important thing in the moment. A television blaring became the thing that I was focused on. And I knew in that moment that there are some changes that need to be made in me. You see, often people undergo a radical transformation when they give their hearts to Jesus. Because they're so blown away that God could have that much love for me. That while I was still a sinner, while I was still doing all the things that I was doing, right? These are the things we say to ourselves. While I was still the way that I was, while I was still doing the hardcore things that I lived my life for, while I was still that person, Jesus knew that and died for me and gave me everything. So naturally, there's this, there's this radical transformation that takes place at that moment. But then we forget about that because the world comes back in. Our life comes back in. The stress comes back in. The things, the kids, the money, the car, the house, all these different things begin to come back in and begin to vie for your time. And why, 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 why? So that you can take your mind off of two things. That Jesus loves you and that He's commissioned you to be His ambassador to the world. Nothing else is more important. Nothing else matters. The closer you get to Jesus, the more like him you will become. If you truly walk with Christ, you will possess the attitude of a servant. For the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Throughout the day, every day, you will have opportunity to serve people by your attitude. Throughout the day, you will have opportunity to provide a safe place. I said it. I am so sick and tired of people taking things that are meant for good and turning them into something that it's not. A new term right now, snowflake. Well, I don't need any snowflake, friends, that melt under pressure. I was talking to a guy the other day, and and he's he's like, yeah, the gays are siding with the muzzies. I said, does that make it easy for you to discredit people or discount people when you give them funny little names? Does it make it easy for you to not look them in the eye when you call them the gays? Does it make it easy for you to not look them in the eye when you call them the muzzies? Muslims. Does it make it easy for you to disconnect and not love them because you've thought up a perfect little cute pet name for them that helps you to hate them? Give me a break. We are called to be a safe place for people. And here's the truth. If we were taken over tomorrow by an invading force, I would stand and I would say, I love Jesus and I love you. And if you wanna take my life, the Bible says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah, I would fight for my family, but I would also fight for Jesus. And the way Jesus wants us to fight is with love. And I know that may be a twisted thing for some people to hear and understand, but that's what God's called us to do. He says to love your enemies. What? He says prepare a table for your enemies. He says feed your enemies. We've got this idea that there's these enemies of God. God. Yes, there are people who do things that are contrary to God, but God loves all of them. And he wants to use you to show that love. But we would rather just, well, they're the mice, or they're, they're this, or they're that, or they're this, or they're that. Servant leaders Serve. Because serving is how we show love. So what does that mean for you? Well, it means I'm going to find a new church because it's a little difficult for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'd be easier to just go someplace where they talk about David destroying the enemies of God and are all the same arguments that have been used throughout history to destroy people. And God has been singular in his desire. You remember when Adam ate the forbidden fruit? Because how many remember that story in Genesis? And his, his wife was the one that gave it to him. Thanks, babe. Not just kidding. Adam, Adam ate the fruit and then he then he's scattered because he had this knowledge, right? So he's freaking out and he's behind whatever, a tree or a rock and God just like always comes after Adam, comes to hang out with him because he wants to be close to him and he's walking in the garden and God knows where he is but he's like, Adam, where are you? And picture picture this, you know, when when you were little, Kayla, you would like to hide and and I know where you are because your little light-up shoes are hanging out at the bottom of the curtain, right? I know where you are, but I'm like, Kayla, where are you? And the curtain's (laughs) shake. Adam, where are you? He said, I was hiding because I'm naked and ashamed. And God said, who freaking told you that? Who told you that? What you don't see is God saying, Adam, I can't come to the garden anymore because you sinned. I can't be around you anymore, Adam. So therefore, you better shape up and start doing things right. I can't be around you anymore, Adam, because you sinned. Where was he? He was in the garden with Adam looking for him, wanting to be with him. That's what God wants for you. And that's what God wants you to show the people around you that God wants to be with you. God wants to be near you. I went to Durango and I had my my son's wedding, and I was hanging out in bars because my son is is a bartender. And I was having more spiritual conversation in a bar than I was having in all the stuff that I do here. People were talking to me about God and I was talking to my son's friends about Jesus and it was phenomenal. And I get back here and I'm afraid to even be seen in certain places because people will make up stories and say that I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Jesus is just like, you know what? I'm going to where the people are. I'm going to the house of the tax collector. I'm going to the prostitute. I'm going to the ones that people hate. I'm going where the people are because I love them and I didn't come for you, you're well. I came for the sick. And so if we could just get that attitude here at Christian Center, that we're not here to be a trophy case for God. We're not here to say, look at Christian Center, we're so great. But we come here, we get encouraged, and we go out in the community, and we get people, and we say, God loves you because I'm showing you God loves you and then you bring them back here and they experience the love of God and they're transformed because something new takes place in their life and they begin to do it with someone else. But it all starts from love. If you don't love people, you can't serve people. (laughs) So get it out of your mind. This group or that group or this person or that person We have one table, and all are welcome to sit at that table. We're going to take communion as a a group next week. Don't miss it. We're all going to come to the table. I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're just coming straight out of the world. You're coming straight. Man, you just did something awful the night before, but whoa, you know you need to be in church. It doesn't matter. Jesus has come to me. And as we do that, we will experience the love that He has for us, and then we will take it to a world that is desperately trying to find hope. They're so desperate, you guys. They're so desperate. I have conversations with people all the time and the conversation always goes to, I don't know what to do. I'm so broken. Life is so hard. I can't figure it out. My husband this, my wife this, my kids this, my parents this. They just want hope. And our actions say to them, just make sure you don't wear something with a lot of cleavage to church because that wouldn't be good. Or make sure you don't smoke in the parking lot because that wouldn't be good. Or make sure that you clean yourself up before you come to church because we wouldn't want you showing up dirty. Or all these other stupid things that we do. We are to love people. You figure out what that looks like for you. I was going to give a call to think about connecting with all the different ministries that we do here. We have a daycare that provides scholarships for working parents. We have a thrift store that provides clothing and scholarships for daycare. We have the ability to say to somebody who's new and and they don't have anything in their home to be able to say, hey, go get whatever you need from the thrift store and we'll pay for it. We have a youth group that reaches somewhere between 40 and 50 kids every week. We have a children's ministry that every year we have VBS and 100, 150 kids come to Jesus. We're we're partnering with the Walter Hoving Home, whose number one job is to get people off the streets and into the loving arms of Jesus. We've we've partnered with the Gem Foundation, which is a special needs home for, for for kids in Uganda who have been orphaned or thrown out with the trash. We have discipleship classes, we have foundations classes, we have um, emotionally healthy spirituality classes because we're trying to get people on a pathway so they can understand who God is and what the purpose that he has for their life. Every week, the phone rings for people who need this or need that or want something or whatever, and every week, those needs are met because God is good. So so why am I saying all that? Because I was going to just give a call to say, find out where you can serve and plug in, but here's what I really, really want it to be. I want it to be organic. I don't want it to be under compulsion, just like giving. We're called to give, but I don't want anybody to feel guilty. You're called to serve, I don't want you to feel guilty. So get to a place where you can begin to serve people around you daily. Maybe for you, it's not plugging into the youth group or plugging into a ministry here at the church. Maybe for you, it's just stop being a jerk at the grocery store. Maybe for you, it's not withholding a tip because the waitress looked at you funny. Maybe for you, maybe for me, Journey, it's driving in the slow lane because the fast lane stresses me out. Maybe for you, it's just holding back your opinion when you're challenged in a public place. I got into an argument with a guy about pit bulls this week. Not the singer, not the no-talent singer, the, the dog. <laughs> Somebody got all up in arms because, they, you know, they think pit bulls are the worst dogs ever, and I, I shared with him how we had a wonderful pit bull. We have, another, we have a wonderful pit bull now. And I got upset. I said, oh, our pit bulls the best, until they go sideways, no, our 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 sweet Lola is just such loving such a loving dog. Yeah, until they lose their minds. That's the reason why. Right. Don't engage. What's the point? God's called us to serve. Christine, we drive by that school, and I know you get paid for it, but God doesn't pay you to uh, the school doesn't pay you to have a big smile on your face. Do they? Is that in your contract? Well, Christine, will pay you as long as you have a smile on your face. That ain't in your contract. But we drive by the school and we see her working. And guess what? She's got a smile from ear to ear. So, yeah, we'd like you to get plugged into the ministries here. We'd also like you to plug into the Holy Spirit. How do you know you're plugged into the Holy Spirit? Say it with me. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Gentleness. Faithfulness. Self-control. My opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm saying all that to say this. This is the end of the Servant Leader series, but we continue to be Servant Lead. I want to fill this place for Easter Sunday. Begin to pray about who you're going to bring. God wants to fill this place for Easter Sunday. Begin to pray about who you're going to bring. If you need to go apologize to a waitress or a checker at 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 the grocery store, do that because God will meet you in that moment. Hey, listen, I lost my patience with you last week. I'm very, very sorry for that. What? I guarantee you nobody has done that this week. we are going to reach a community because we're pressing into the Holy Spirit. Period. Not because we look good. Not because we sound good. Not because we're awesome. Not because we've got Jesus. But because we are pressing into the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to work in us. So stand to your feet and I bless you out the door. I'm commissioning you today for lunch Today. Some of you just need to go home, amen? You can't be trusted at the restaurant right now. You're too impatient, just go home. Make a quesadilla. Everybody's got cheese and tortillas at their house. (laughs) Lift up your hands, you're under Holy Spirit house arrest. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf will not wither. And whatsoever you do, say it if you know it, it shall prosper. God bless you guys. Have the best week ever. Serving people. Amen. <sighs>